Hello and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast where the discussion is always on punk rock, samurai swords, titties, penises, heroin, heroin this week. Yeah. Ugh, kind of depressing, but... Yeah, it was a wonderful start to this beautiful May week we're having. Yeah, heroin. Heroin. The horse. Oh, oh yeah. Bang an H. Mmm. Uh, arm candy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. good? Yeah, I don't like that. No? Alright, <laughs> no. I can do it. Like, I mean, like, could be just an attractive person, or it could be heroin. Yeah, heroin's such an ugly drug. Yeah. Ryan, co-host of the show, have you ever tried heroin? No. Mm. I had, a, I had mm-hmm. a close friend die of a heroin overdose. Ah, uh, yes. When I was in my early 20s, so it was never never on the docket for me. That's That was the big kibosh? Yeah, that was like, you know what, I'll, I, like, weed's one thing, drinking's mm-hmm. one thing, but, like, never beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never tried heroin either, so, hey, good for us. Yay. Yeah. No heroin five. Adults. Uh, so, yeah, I am one of your co-hosts, Ryan Snyder. Hi, Ryan. And with me, as always... I'm Gabriel Mara. Hello, everyone. It is a pleasure to be here hosting a show for you, as always. Not doing heroin. Not doing heroin. Sex and violence does not condone the use of heroin. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's sex and rock and roll and violence, but not really drugs. Yeah. I don't even heroin know is not, heroin is and is not punk rock. I don't think so. I think that it's just sad. Much like we saw in this movie. Yes. It was a, it was a heavy one. Yeah, it was a very, very punk rock movie, but yeah. So like you know, punk rock in name, not quite in, and also in topic, but not quite in execution. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we did a movie, mm-hmm. and the movie in question was. Let's go right for it. It was Sid and Nancy, directed by Alex Cox, and released in. I had it open a second ago. Eighty something. Eighty-six. 86? That sounds about right, actually. Hold on. Stalling for time. I'm looking up all. I was looking up all this shit because it's been. I but you know that'll be a fun thing to go into quick. But it was released in 1986. Ah, nailed it. Co-written of Ab of Abbe Wool. Abbe Wool. So, right, we don't do as much punk rock talk on this show. No. So I think we we've gone over it in the past. But for any new listeners, Ryan, what is your association of punk rock? What got you into it? And what's your whole relationship with the Sex Pistols? Uh, the Sex Pistols are... Uh, I'll start with Sex Pistols before I get into all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. They're, Ryan, they, say it all at once. They kind of fall into like that t-shirt band thing for yeah. me. Yeah. Where like, I, I think anyone who's like, I love punk rock, fucking Sex Pistols, be like, no, you don't. Are you like, sure? Yeah like, yeah, like, cool punk band, but mm-hmm. like... I don't know, like anyone who's yeah. like a hyper fan of the Sex Pistols mm-hmm. makes me nervous. It's like when someone tells you they're a, they're, they're a cinephile and the first thing they say is they love Tarantino. Yeah. It makes me worried. It makes me like, yeah, but everyone likes Tarantino. Yeah, unless but, you're Spike Lee. Yeah, unless you're Spike Lee. I'm, look, I'm excited for Black Klansman. That sounds really awesome, actually. Yeah, I just saw something about that. I don't know anything about the, the, the bio, game. but I saw the yeah, title. And based I was on like, a true story about oh. a black guy who uh, inter... Uh, who totally, what's the word I'm looking for? Infiltrate. Infiltrate, like interfaced. Infiltrated the KKK. He became the leader. That is kind of awesome. It's like the Dave Chappelle skit. Exactly. Yeah. But the guy's played by Denzel Washington's son. Cool. Yeah, so that's pretty fun. All right. Yeah. Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Is that what I, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> pulling, pulling a random I, I don't name. Know. But yeah, like, uh, it... If you like, if your if your favorite band is the Sex Pistols, I really want to know why. And if you can adequately explain, then dude, then you're harder, you're more hardcore than I am. So yeah. I'm all about it. It's like Sex Pistols is like everyone's like first punk band. It's like mm-hmm. if you learn to ride a bike, you're learning with training wheels. Like this is yeah. a training wheels 
punk band, I think. I was a Ramones guy. That's what got me. I'm I'm always much more Ramones, but I did find Sex Pistols fairly early because it's not they're not hard to find. Yeah. You got to dig like in like with many things, movies, music, you kind of got to dig around a little bit to find mm-hmm. like really good treasures. Of course. Um so yeah, I, I think like my association punk rock like maybe late teens because mm. like I, yeah, I, I I wasn't really into music at like I was into like eighties hair metal for yeah. like ever. You know this? I love that. Um, right. Yeah, it's really odd. And then after that, I was like, yeah, this is cool. Let's see what else is out there. And then someone introduced. I, I found Blink One Eighty Two when I was like eighteen. <laughs> I just didn't listen to it because I was a contrarian for sure. ever. Like what? What's the proper title for that? What is Blink One Eighty Two? I'm gonna call it like pop like, punk. Like like yeah, pop punk. Like yeah. brat punk. Yeah. Yeah. Pop punk. SoCal SoCal pop punk. Mm-hmm. Were we ever so young, Ryan? Yeah, we were. I, I, I know, still like Blink One Eighty Two. Retroactively now, like now that there's some distance, I th- I have a lot of fondness for Blink One Eighty Two, especially mm-hmm. uh, in Mother State. Good That's, album. Yeah, good album. I think uh, the most recent one they put out is pretty good too. Oh, California. I didn't hear, hear a damn thing about it. Oh, it's really good. Hmm. The uh, they released last. I think a year ago now was the release of their like deluxe version of that album. And the deluxe it. wasn't as good. I like the more streamlined what they picked. You know, Ryan, why do we not talk? I think we should insert that as a part of our thing because it's also a punk rock movie show, I guess. That what are you listening to lately? It won't hurt if uh, there's anything new anyway. Let's see. I know you're you're a big uh, big uh, retro fan, so if yeah. there's anything new, we want to hear it. Well, my iPod got stolen out of my car, uh. so not much. And the only two CDs I have in my car are Hollow Notes' Greatest Hits, awesome, and the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One soundtrack. Solid. So I'm actually, I want to get back on just making mixed CDs, mm-hmm. like I'm 16 again. Yeah. Because, yeah, having your iPod stolen sucks. Yeah. Like, you know how awful the radio is these days? Um, I only really listen to, like, yeah, if, 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 in case you're wondering what kind of guy I am, I only have the two local NPR stations plugged in, and I have you know, one. Let or, me know what the, what the the actual dial turn is, because when I'm... one and 93.9. Okay, because right now, like, I was putting on, like... The local rock station, and like three times in like four days, as soon as I turned it on, Enter Sandman was playing, and I was like, <laughs> ah, "I've never been a Metallica guy." Yeah, no, I don't get so it. So I'm just like, it's, ah. not, it's not the kind of like like hard we are. Yeah. yeah. So like, I I was just turning the dial, and I found random people mm-hmm. talking. So the past like two weeks, I've been listening to Philly Sports Radio. Sure. Um, which it's just I like talking and listening to podcasts. Yeah. Or if I was going to listen to music, it's what I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. So having other people choose my music for me is mm-hmm. not of my taste. Yeah. So like what am I listening to lately? Mm-hmm. Um, not much. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Continue your talk about Sex Pistols and your punk rock. Um, or was that it? Uh, that, I, I was into punk rock for like you know 18 to like 21. It's mm-hmm. still kind of a fondness of mine. Yeah. I like kind of 70s, 80s stuff, and I also like newer stuff. I'm all over the board mm-hmm. with my punk rock idness. You? I do. My punkness was honestly not to not to completely take away my cred, but it was kind of a phase. Yeah. But I've definitely like that's why it's more more punk rock movie thing. Considering I still love their culture, I still wear a leather jacket. I find I find it aesthetically pleasing. Definitely, and also like I like the whole '80s '70s punk rock era. I was telling you, you should definitely pick up a copy of Please Kill Me: The um, Oral History of Punk Rock. Okay, was it written in the 80s? Fantastic read. No, it came out like 10 years ago. Okay. But it's written by like real, like authentic people. They interview everyone. It's it's awesome. I would probably read the hell out of that. Yeah. Listeners, go pick it up. Yeah, go pick up Please Kill Me. Maybe we'll do a book review of it. It'll be fun. Yeah, bring it over to Slow Readers. Yeah, it'd be great. Dana would hate that book. Yeah? Yeah, that guy sucks. Yeah. That fucking Fucking guy. That fucking guy. 
But um, I, I liked the Ramones. That kind of just got me started into it. And then I got into like, like harder skate rock kind of stuff very, very briefly. I had Punkarama volumes. But after that, I think I've always said before that I just I discovered when I was in high school that I wasn't angry. I was depressed. So mm. someone was like, do you know who Elliot Smith is? And it was all over. That's, uh, that's all I yeah, care about. Because I'm you. like, I don't I don't have a need to. I'm not nihilistic like that. Like, like yeah. that whole scene was. But I guess that maybe that's as good as any transition into what Sid and Nancy is all about. Uh, the rise and fall of Sid and Nancy. Trailer. Are you gonna make an honest woman out of our Nancy Sid? Sidney's <laughs> more than a mere bass player, he's a fabulous disaster. a sex pistol all your human needs are seen to solid trailer yeah very 80s very 80s so 80s 80s. all the synths oh do you want to mention who the cinematographer was yeah ryan and i made a charming discovery listeners did you know that roger freaky deaky deacons was a cinematographer for this movie crazy it's pretty crazy it looks great i always wondered why this movie was so visually engrossing and like spoiler alert in that shot where where nancy dies it's such a stirring and beautiful shot yeah I mentioned it while we were watching it that like it's not a gratuitous like death scene where they show you like the mm-hmm. death wound it's just like you said it's sad yeah this movie is really sad yeah like it's, it's like it's it's like almost like a it starts up high and then just goes down low mm-hmm. like you see you know sit at the top of his game when he's with the sex pistols and just slowly descending further and further into heroin addiction yeah Gary Oldman yeah. Yeah. Really, this was his big debut, I believe. I mean, he had a movie before it, but this is like the thing that made him like a star. He's of. fucking great in this. He's Unrecognizable. In I always yeah. like it when like you have uh, an actor who can disappear before mm-hmm. your eyes. We're no longer seeing like Joaquin Phoenix. You're yeah. seeing Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. And this totally happens here with Gary Oldman. Yeah, and really, but like I think Oldman's great in this, but I think 
MVP is Chloe Webb. Like, at, her Nancy is annoying. Is awful, but I think it's because the person was awful. But never so yeah, awful not you the hate acting her. awful. Her but... acting is phenomenal, and how bad and how bad an actor that Nancy is. It's mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of skill to be a character who's acting badly. Yes, and that skill is evident here. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so. There's no really need to go over the plot or anything, right? I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. it's it's very performance based. I thought it was kind of um, it was cool they choose like actual moments uh, from the Sex Pistols history, like yeah. the last show that they were at, like mm-hmm. that was where Johnny Rotten had that yeah. line, like "Ever feel like you've been cheated?" Mm-hmm. And they actually get that in there, and it, it's and they never overdo it, being like, "Hey, this is that time they did that thing. Remember that famous moment that happened with the Sex Pistols?" Mm-hmm. No, it just happens so organically. This could have been a fiction movie, and I would have been amazed by it still. Yeah, it's it's a movie of two halves for me because like the first half is like, you know, Sid Vicious and the Sex Pistols, and then mm-hmm. the second half after they break up, it's just all heroin abuse and like squalid yeah. New York apartments and mm-hmm. alleyways and like it's very dirty looking. Yeah. And we love dirty New York, friends. Yeah, like I love that look. Like I think I mentioned it to you on a show before how I love um, Friday the Thirteenth yeah, Part Eight. Jason in Manhattan. Because it's takes Manhattan? Uh, yeah, Jason takes Manhattan. Is really Jason takes Manhattan? Yeah. And he's on, they're only in Manhattan for, like, the last half hour of the film. I was wondering, where did, where did that turn of phrase coming from, taking Manhattan? Like, the Muppets did it, too? Yeah. I wonder who I, did it first, the Muppets or Jason? I don't know. I'm, all, I'm, I'm Muppets all the way, all day, every day. Okay. Word. Ryan, how did you first come across Sid and Nancy? Uh, and the works of Alex Cox. Uh, actually, the first thing by Alex Cox I watched was Repo Man. Mm. And then, before you and I were starting the show, I actually bought this. Yeah. And I, we had mentioned it as one of, like, the picks that kind of, like, made us think about doing this show. Mm-hmm. And I watched it for the first time probably, like, over a year ago. Yeah, and this is one of the first movies I borrowed from you. Yeah. I do remember this, yeah. yeah. I remember I watched it on my couch and being like, I, I think people have this bad impression of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, I think that people have a lot of cult esteem for this movie but I think it has this bad rap weirdly enough because I think people get the wrong idea from what it is mm-hmm. that I think it's going to be like this cheesy or lame biopic that's really exploitive about and yeah par- and everyone you hear anything about this movie and you hear how annoying Nancy slash Chloe Webb is that's what everyone's joke about it is like oh great but that should speak to how great of an actress she is it makes you think that people haven't actually watched the movie because when you see her in this, like, the character, she's, she's, like, Chloe Webb, like, deserved all the awards in the world, I think, for mm-hmm. this. She is so sympathetic in her own way. Like, she's like a shitty dog who just mm-hmm. keeps on biting and barking and screaming. But it's only because, and really, like, she, I, I don't have the words for how great she is in this. It's, you feel so sorry for her. Yeah. Like, she's made to be pitiful but absolutely human the entire time. A rough exterior that yeah. is hiding a broken person inside. Yeah, she's a distinctly broken person. And I think what makes, like when I first saw the movie, what made what grabbed me right away is that they go out of their way to show, I think, I don't agree with what, what did you say that Johnny Rotten said about it? Do you want to read it again? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up. There's, uh, I'll read a couple like quick little lines about it. Yeah, because um, he's, he's not a fan. Apparently, even Gary Oldman, he, he, he went on record saying, I don't think I did a very good job of Sid Vicious. That's ridiculous. He's, he's, he's great in it. But I think he's great because the movie shows so much genuine tenderness in mm-hmm. these characters. There's a lot of soft, like, 
real moments of warmth between these characters. Like, you don't doubt they loved each other. They clearly did. It's a love story. Yeah. And it's... even But they're, but they're just... They're children. They were 20 and 21 when they died. These, these were broken kids. Yeah. Who really loved each other and were addicts. And they just... All they had was punk in each other. Yep. Uh, I'll pull out a couple lines. Uh, the chap who played Sid, Gary Oldman, I thought was quite good. But even he only played the stage persona as opposed to the real person. I don't consider that Gary Oldman's fault because he's a bloody good actor. If only he had the opportunity to speak to someone who knew the man. I don't think they ever had the intent to research properly in order to make a seriously accurate movie. It was all for the money, wasn't it? To emulate somebody's life like that and very successfully was very annoying to me. The final irony is that I still get asked questions about it. I have to explain that it's all wrong. It was all someone else's fucking fantasy. Some Oxford graduate who missed the punk era. The bastard. (laughs) Uh, As for how I was portrayed, there's no offense in that. It was so off and ridiculous. It was absurd. Champagne and baked beans for breakfast? Sorry, I don't drink champagne. He didn't even speak like me. He had a Scouse accent? Scouse? Scouse? Okay. No idea. Uh, worse, there's a slur implied in the movie that I was jealous of Nancy, which I find particularly loathsome. Mm-hmm. There is that implication that I feel was definitely put there. I guess that's Alex uh, Alex Cox showing his middle-class twittery. It's all mm-hmm. too glib. It's all too easy. You know, I mean, if there's anyone in the world who has the right to say they misinterpreted this story, mm-hmm. it would be him. Yeah. There's also a line that I didn't read where he, he kind of implies that it's glor- uh, glorifying heroin. So I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I think it does show, like, a very, like, I've never been, like, in that world seeing it, but, like, mm-hmm. it, it makes it feel very real and very sad and yeah. very fucked up. Yeah, no, and, like, it's a, it's this really, really sad romance. Yeah. Like, like, oh. Would you categorize this as a, a like, a romantic movie? No. A I think it's, it's, dramatic... a tra- it's a tragic love story. Okay. It's really, like, how, it's a about A dramatic, men. tragic love story biopic. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. And I think they do they do so well in making them these are absurd human beings, but the way he shows them, it shows them like in their off hours just walking around. Yeah. This is all parts of personas of who they are. Sid is given to doing random acts of like decency. He's not gonna spray paint a dog. Yeah. He like defends children. He's just a big kid. And I don't know about yeah. you, Ryan, but I'm watching this and like the I nothing will get me into a drama more than having realistic arguing. Okay. I think that movies are way too given to having dramatic arguments that are nothing like actually fighting with your significant other. Yes. And especially if you were, like, I'm in a happy, secure adult relationship now, and I've dated, I've definitely been a huge mess who dated huge messes, and there's something about the way that the two of them cling to each other and fight each other and hate each other and love each other and the way they're so miserable i mean i was never on heroin or anything mm-hmm. but he does they, like apparently uh gary oldman and chloe webb improvised a bunch of the dialogue okay which is really cool it's That's impressive like they, like in if this movie could have gone wrong in any way it would have been making that, been that dialogue or no, it would have been that that scene where he allegedly stabs her it, mm-hmm. it could have been shitty but they make it so real yeah you want to fucking die yeah i'm not gonna do an accent yeah Ryan, go for it. Do it, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I can't fucking do it. I'm not, and I'll do. I'll do I'm my Nancy. fucking die. Yeah, it has got a respite and pull the woods out like she's olive oil, except yeah. high. It is olive oil. Shit. 
she did have uh, one She's of the so good. one of the like lines that kind of was endearing to me, but mm-hmm. was also extremely sad. Was like, at least you were something. I've never been anything. Yeah. As she's like but, withdrawing from heroin and just wanting to they die. They were twenty. Yeah. Like, like I know it's like you see them trying, which I think is such a like a beautiful thing about the movie mm-hmm. is that this could have been so cheap. And it's not cheap at all. This is like a stirring drama about people. Yeah. About how these are, I think, like, quietly, without showing it, it shows, like, what were these young punks about? What did they What did they believe in? What were their aesthetics? What mm-hmm. were the moments between, like, the ridiculous news reports? What yeah. were they like normally? And it shows them having regular conversations or being, being, act. you see, people actively being punks. Like, it's not really who they are, but they're trying hard to be a punk. Okay. So just in, just uh, for when Johnny Rotten does listen to this. Yes, inevitably. We can make sure that we are expressing that this is a... You would take this as a fictionalized account. This of, is of basically real an entirely yeah. fictionalized account. I, I think having like those moments that you know, like there's record of something happening, like, like mm-hmm. we said, the Johnny Rotten line on stage, but like this is more... I think I agree with him. It's a, a dramatized retelling of someone's life. Oh, definitely. And it shouldn't be taken literally as like, yeah. oh, we translated this from, you know, a book that, you know, mm-hmm. Sid Vicious had written yeah. about these true accounts. The only true things that we know are he was Sid Vicious, he was in the Sex Pistols, and he allegedly killed uh, Nancy Spungen. Yeah. Which, uh, pretty sure. But, like, mm-hmm. they, I don't think that's ever been, like, closed. It's never been officially proven. When he died of heroin overdose, they just closed the case. Yeah. Because, like, I think he was charged with second-degree manslaughter mm-hmm. or second-degree murder or just manslaughter. And then he was while awaiting trial. That's when he OD'd. Okay. On purpose, I think. Uh, something like that. I think it... Probably. Yeah, something crazy. Heroin's not cool, guys. No, it, it'll fucking... It killed Harris Whittles. It killed a lot of people. It killed a lot of people. Like, for every, like, celebrity death you hear from heroin, there are 10,000 nameless people who died who should have yeah. gotten help. Yeah. Awful thing. Yeah. The smack... Yeah. I mean, if a drug is so intense that after you're off of it, you still have to get a version of it to survive day to day, that's some serious shit. Yeah. I'd like, like, again, as someone who's been, like, personally affected by it, like, I still miss my friend, man. Like, it's been six years since she passed. And, like, still, I remember getting that, like, phone call about it and being like, are you, fuck, what? I don't even know she was doing this. And, like... Like, heroin is, like, it's such a nasty, disgusting thing, and you don't realize how deeply it can affect you until you're seeing your friend in a box. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, wow, I hope no one ever has to feel what I'm feeling right now or what her family's feeling right now or see this. But people do it. It's it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I I think, like, the movie, it shows that they were in their own, like, both of them are just, they're innocents Mm -hmm. in their own way. That really, they were just, they were going to be these people no matter what. But they were just such badly broken people. I wonder, like, because it also shows that they didn't have bad home lives. I don't think they did. Yeah. Like, like, um, Sid loved his mom, and he just didn't have a dad. Yeah. And Nancy was schizophrenic, apparently. Yeah, but her family, I think, still, like, I'm not... They probably disowned her for being a mess. Yeah, but still, I think there's still familial love there. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I... Why someone starts doing it is beyond me. I mean, Sid, like from the way it portrayed it, the movie was just like, yeah, I'll do some drugs. Yeah, I mean, they were they were just like pinballs. Yeah. It, like when it starts at the movie, it goes with the flashback. It has a um, a bookended structure. Mm-hmm. When it has such the flashback, they are just it's just him goofing off, and they're just 
you know, charming messes. They're just punks. They go by. I'm sure there are plenty of punks who didn't become heroin addicts. I mean, Johnny Rotten didn't. Yeah. He was only one of the Sex Pistols who did. I mean, said he was, said he was anyway. But yeah. it's a really sympathetic human movie. Yeah. And I think people don't give it the credit it deserves. And if you think that that's a bad performance by Chloe Webb, you're crazy. She's incredible. I think it's a cult film with Oscar-level performances. It really is. Like, that's the way I would describe it. I think if this had been released, like, today, it would have gotten a lot more, like, hype. I wonder why it was It was well-received critically, but then didn't do well financially when it came out in 86. Mm. Still, mm. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's it's great. Like yeah. go. This isn't like a go rent. This is a go buy. Go buy. This is a, this is a blind buy. I would recommend blind. You don't buy have to care about punk music. It's just the yep. sense. Like it really it breaks it, it without ever spelling it out. It breaks down that these were just kids who, in a time, this was the fashion, and they stopped believing in like the world around them, mm-hmm. and they got wrapped up in something bad. Why do you think it is that like we hear more stories about heroin addiction from? punk rock and rock stars and we don't hear it from like country music dude there's a lot of heroin in country music I don't I, like how many people can you think of like country music stars who are like I was addicted to heroin and how now, many okay. how many do you know any no how many rock stars do you know plenty exactly I think that it's because rock and roll is inherently self-destructive it's part of the whole sh- like shmeal mm-hmm. it's sex drugs and rock and roll for a reason it's where the more self-destructive you are you know it's die young stay pretty the more appealing to us how much cooler is Iggy Pop for having been like a train wreck for a million years and then that guy was rolling on broken glass how much do we think that Gigi Allen was a character worth knowing and that guy was fucking bonkers well, we do have that connection to about him what was that again uh, uh, one of the regulars at the bookstore uh, Stuart uh, mm-hmm. used to be oh, like right. his like manager type you I guess get him on the show. he was talking to me about Gigi Allen and he was like the one thing that nobody ever gives him credit for is he was incredibly brilliant. I was like, really? I think you he have was to like, be he was incredibly that, brilliant, and he had an excellent sense of business. And mm-hmm. like, like there's tapes you can listen to online of Gigi Allen in jail, and the person he's talking to is Stuart, the guy that we know. Cool. And yeah, it's like he talks about wanting to go into a different realm of music and start singing country and other things, and like mm-hmm. how much he appreciates like those old country stars. He was an artist. Yeah, I mean, a, he's a, a shock sick, artist, a but he's sick an artist. twisted fuck, yeah. but like, yeah. Yeah, and I think that I think if rock wasn't inherently dangerous, it wouldn't be cool. Yeah, but I think that obviously going to where this went, there's nothing actively cool about being a crazy, like a truly depressing heroin addict if you're a screechy voice girlfriend. Yeah, I think that's why. Like, I don't think like country music is cool. Yeah. Like, I think people who listen to country music, like, if you enjoy it, like, you are more than entitled to I enjoy it. I love country music. It, yeah, but, like... Not, m- not modern, not modern. Yeah, like, the modern country music mm-hmm. now. Like, anyone who likes it is kind of dorky to me. Yeah, I mean... Like, a Luke Bryant fan is a dork. I don't know who that is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, a... I don't know, one of some other... Lady Antebellum. <laughs> Rascal Flats. Yeah. It's very pop country. And I don't know, I think, like, they had, they try too hard to be like, yeah, we're cool too, guys. And you're like, check it out. No, you're fucking At least not. have the decency to be a raging alcoholic. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, have the decency to be have some a fucking demons. mess. Have some demons. Come on. Have you ever listened to um, uh, Bill Hicks? I don't think so. There's this great bit about, like, how he uh, wants his 
like rock stars to be, and then he ends it with screaming, "I want my rock stars dead." Uh huh. It's like I want the guy to come out on stage and be like, "I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody," and blow his fucking brains yeah. out. And like, I was like, I get that. Yeah, no, I like, get that, like the audience who wants like to see that self-destructive nature. But of that him. was the entire appeal of Sid Vicious, I think, that he was this guy. He was like, yeah, cutting, give yeah. me a fix into his chest. And he shit. was a sacrificial lamb. That, that uh, Malcolm McLaren knew it. That like that the reason why John like why. Sid Vicious was a star because he was like a missile on stage. He mm-hmm. was just, he was, he was, he lived and breathed the punk rock thing, even though apparently in day to day life he was a kind of a more gentle dude. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes of his is that, like, he asked his mom, like, Mom, what's the point of sex? I don't really get anything out of it. Yeah. And he, like, that guy was searching for something else. He was like a one in a million find. Yeah. And he was always going to destroy himself. And it was made fascinating by the fact that he couldn't play bass, even though apparently he was a great performer and he was just he was always gonna implode and people yeah. found that incredibly i mean we're still fascinated by him they made a movie about him yeah he still and lives on it's today. 30 years on and we're yeah. still talking about like a movie that was made seven years after his death mm. but you bring up a good point about like the sacrificial lamb because that's what essentially like these got these artists who die so young are or it's the sacrifice to the rock gods so yeah. we can ha- continue to have interest in it mm-hmm. you know like uh, even ones who die from not drugs, your um, Rand- Randy Rhodes. Oh yeah. Like who died in a plane crash. Like we sacrifice our rock icons mm-hmm. to the rock gods, and that's Makes and sense. some sometimes it's just guys who fly too close to the sun, mm-hmm. or girls too. Yeah, no, I think people they they want to be rock stars, but they don't realize that. I'm, I'm sure like you read. Like I don't, like me, I'm sure you read a lot of like like rock autobiographies yeah. and kind of thing. They're tremendously, they're always brilliant, and they're always like lonely, desperate people. Traumatized. They, yeah, they give up everything to be rock stars, and I think that like people don't know what they want out of wanting to be mm-hmm. wanting to be a god. I mean, Cobain didn't want it, and he became it, and that's why he killed himself. Yeah. Couldn't handle it, couldn't want it. I had this thing that I said to uh, Michelle Monaghan. Um, she, we were talking about one of her favorite bands, and she's like, "I love this album, but this album's not good." I was like, "Why? What happened with this album?" She got was sober? like, "He was like, no, he he got married and he's really happy." And I was like, "Well, happy people don't make good art." Yeah, sometimes they do, but really, like, I think our geniuses have always been like the tormented people. I think we, we don't want to we don't want to like enforce the idea that you have to be miserable to be a great artist. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. But I think some of the most brilliant, like Beck, whenever whenever that guy's heart gets broken, better album comes out. Elliot Smith, that guy, look at that fucking dude. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. It gets on the top forty every time she breaks yeah, up with somebody. Yeah, it's always her heart breaks, and yeah. she's using it. People, people are drawn to that. Like, how many like truly like happy, well-adjusted like artists are there? Like Nick Kroll, apparently like a happy, sweet guy. Yeah, I'll, like most Maybe like I, I listen to a lot of like uh, comedians podcasts, and they're all like deeply damaged people with like self-hatred or addiction and like they're incredibly funny and then you, you, like you said they get sober and it's like they, there's no more material yeah they're, they become these people because they want it that badly they want I mean, and they wanted yeah. that outlet to get yeah. all that negative energy out and you can't like i don't know positive energy and come out on stage and you're like hey everyone life's great yeah like exactly. that's not funny yeah that's some weird like rothy shit you don't become a rock star because your life's going great become a rock star because you wanted it so badly that you're like or being like a comedian you do it because the only way you get affirmation is from laughter from the audience and you chase it like a drug yeah that's how it goes so friends in summation buy Sid and Nancy it's amazing and don't do heroin yeah like seriously just don't do it yeah don't do it it's bad 
is bad. Just be in, just, you know, if you're in your 20s, just do a bunch of coke and smoke weed and drink. It's fine. Well, I wouldn't say coke. Well, I did a lot of coke. But don't Same. do it. Don't do drugs. No, like I said, you know what's punk rock? Like being twenty years old and just like being listening alive? to music and being alive. Yeah, that's punk rock. Yeah, it, don't do the peer pressure. Like this is me preaching to people mm-hmm. after like doing it. Like yes. don't fall into peer pressure because all your friends are smoking weed and drinking beers. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do. Go do it. But don't. Yeah. It's punk rock to do your own thing. Exactly. If it makes you happy, do it. Unless it's heroin or hurting other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's my life philosophy. Don't it's hurt do yourself whatever or it takes. Do whatever you want to do that makes you happy. Just don't hurt anyone else while you're doing it, and that includes self harm because that hurts people, the people you love. Yes, I agree. So, so guys, in summation, um, watch movies. I will give this movie five guitar picks out of five. Yes, agreed. Uh, ooh, let's do the bar test. Oh right. So, Gabriel, yes, you walk into a bar, mm-hmm. sit down, you're ordering a nice beverage. What are you ordering? Oh, um, well, usually it's just a nice gin and club. Gin and club. Miller, gin Miller High Life and your, if your, it's the right kind your of dirtiest thing. of dirty shot of yeah. something. Get my, get my citywide. Yep, get your citywide. So you sit down, you get your citywide or your G&T. This movie's on the TV. How do you feel about it? What's um, going on? I'm psyched. I insist I turn up the volume, and I'm sta- I'm sticking around all day to watch the movie. Okay. Like, I, I, I don't know if I, if I undersold this. I love this movie. Same. It looks good. The editing is amazing. The performances are amazing. The directing is amazing. Everything about it, top to bottom, is outstanding. And really, like, I think Chloe Webb, why was she not a star? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, twins. I'm, I'm slightly not. upset that it took me so long to get back to this, because this is, I think this is a movie that will reward with repeat viewings. Oh, God, yeah. It's it's so good. The, the, yeah, this is a hardcore five out of five, and yeah. if it's in the bar, I'm on it. Ryan, you. Uh, let's see. Um, hmm, what am I going to order? Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice out, so um, it's a nice sunny day. So uh, I've been drinking Corona lately. Oh, yes, so I am a craft cocktail good. bartender, but I'm not a pretentious dick when I I'm out. Love Corona. So ordering a Corona, pushing that lime in. Yeah, buddy. Taking a sip, I look up and I see it on the TV. I'm asking for the remote so I can also turn it up, and I'm encouraging the other bar patrons to simmer down, quiet down, and watch the TV with me because on screen right now is a cinematic masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my, my bar is already playing a movie. I'm already in and they're playing Sid and Nancy. It's like, oh, this is my bar now. I live here. This is fine. Yeah, you guys are playing Sid and Nancy. Like, I want to know what's like what you guys are playing tomorrow. Yeah. What'd you what's play next? yesterday? What's on, what's on the roster? How do you decide? Yeah, can, can I see I your library? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Great movie. Great movie. All right, so... Uh, yeah, um, we'll be back with What Are You Watching Lately? Cool. And uh, some comics comics talks. Comics talks. And considerings of the futures. Hey. All right, um, Danny, start saying words. Hey, everybody. My name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies, too. But the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good. Because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading. Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh-oh. Um, the Sith. Because, yep. Uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon. <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this, this book is so painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what, I know what that's like. And surely... Our... You were in a car that landed in black water? Yeah, I dude, I know. I fucking killed a woman. You fought? Like uh... <laughs> you... Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay, because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. 
join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid, because like her reaction to that is like, you never read The Giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping, I just going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit Gone Girl possess? <laughs> then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one run-in with the police... I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. No, no. Not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk-chugging right-wingers, though. <laughs> milk-chugging? And books. Into the water. Pledged. Feral to arms. The magicians. Wise book. Ethan. From. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence. The hot-ass top gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff and then when you're done with that go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck to the throat area and then go ahead and give slow readers a spin go search itunes and search up the name slow readers check us out slow readers comes out every monday you can also check us out on twitter at top gallant radio Welcome back to the show, everyone. Daniel, outstanding work as always. Was that a new ad? It wasn't. No. Yeah. I just need to, just need to make him improvise. One will be fine. Okay. All right. Ryan, how are you since the break? Uh, good. Mm-hmm. I peed. Cool. We applied some cool. deodorant because it's kind of warm in here. Warm, sweaty. I'm just a sweaty guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was pulled into a portal where I had to fight demon creatures for a couple of years. Oh, that's where the scratch came from. Yeah, I know. Yeah, healed up nicely. Thanks, man. I think yeah. it looks great. It's awesome. I'm all about it. Me and Wonder Woman. Yay! That was happening recently. They recently just did another... They brought Booster Gold back into Batman. And uh, they... 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 It's back to shitty useless Booster. Which makes me very sad, because he's my favorite superhero. Yes. Oh, well. You've mentioned. Ryan, what have you been watching lately? Tell uh, the fine folks and give your recommendations. Um, well, it's still on my Penny Dreadful Kick. Penny Dreadful. Uh, we had Movie Club last mm. night, which you and I are a part of. The uh, Gentleman's Movie Club. The Gentleman's Monday Night Movie Club, mm-hmm. where the picks are either really good, really bad, or eh, somewhere in between Walking the Tiger. So last night was the first night of like the new format. Yeah. And you and I both watched License to Kill. Mm. And the only reason I wanted to do that because Timothy Dalton is in Penny Dreadful, and I wanted to revisit his Bond. That's a great movie. So long, really yeah, long. Yeah, shockingly so. Long for an '80s Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, starring Talisa Soto, which I totally forgot. And then the long wait time after that until the next Bond movie was like six years, I think we said. Really? It was like 80, I think License to Kill was 89, and GoldenEye was like 95. Yeah, License to Kill was 89. I forget that Living Daylights was before this. For some reason, I was thinking License to Kill was first. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'll do, is I'll just like start pulling out some random obscure Bond picks for all mine. Nice. I just want to watch Bond movies. Word. Oh, I found out that, uh, so yeah, that... The love interest, Carrie Lowell, mm-hmm. who the whole time I'm like, this girl is really attractive, like more so than a lot of other, like there's something about her face. Yeah. Turns out she is the mother of Hannah Dunn from the show Mozart in the Jungle, and she, who is the daughter also of Griffin Dunn of American Werewolf in London. Really? Yeah, Carrie Lowell married Griffin Dunn, and they had a daughter who is who looks just like her if she was a hipster. Shit, okay. Yeah, I'm going to show you a picture of her. Because yeah. she is like, I, I, find, I find Hannah Dunn extremely attractive as well. 
And she's really good in Mozart in the Jungle, which is a good show. Um, thank you, Professor. Highly recommend it. But yeah, this girl is just kind of like How her old is mom. She? She's uh, 25. Attainable. Yeah, she was uh, born in 89. Oh. Yeah. She's just kind of like her mom, both like those uh, Ramona bangs. <sighs> Never been a fan of bangs. No. Yeah. Here's some pictures of her with no bangs. But yeah, she also married Richard Gere. But yeah, I'm just happy about it. What's it called? If, uh, I actually oh, prefer... No bangs. Looks just oh. like her mom. Yeah. And Griffin Dunn. Yeah. I love Griffin Dunn so I actually much. prefer my uh, my Zoe Deschanel without bangs. Really? Yeah. So she looks like Katy Perry? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Creepily so it's the bangs. Yeah. Only the bangs. It's the bangs. Why, who's your favorite Bond? Is it Dalton? Um, I, I'm i an apologist for Dalton. Um, I, could, I don't think there's anything to apologize for. Dalton's great. Because he had only two. Yeah. And that was, that yeah. was time and tides. That wasn't his fault. Yeah. Um, I do like Craig quite a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, you were having, what was, you were saying to uh, former guest Steve Bost about mm-hmm. like, if you want to show people the quintessential Bond, you show them a Connery movie, but if you want to show them the best Bond movie, you show them Casino, Casino Royale. Royale. Yep. I still agree with you, Casino Royale is the best. It's the my, best Bond movie. It's yeah. the one that I could put that on any time and yeah. be like really happy. It's such a good movie. It's it's a perfect movie. Um, uh, that's actually Matt Gorley's opinion. Matt Gorley of Pistol Shrimps Radio, Super Ego, Matt, uh, James Bonding. So he's a podcast legend, and uh, he's just fucking hilarious dude. And yeah, that's his opinion. He feels that... like. If you want to know, if if, some, if you met an alien and you want to explain what is James Bond, you show them a Connery, like a classic mm-hmm. movie from Russia with Love or Goldfinger. Okay. But if you actually just want to show someone what is a good movie, a, a great action movie, point blank, Casino Royale, man. Hmm. Four acts! They pull off four acts. It's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I love that movie. It's a great movie. I know, I think, uh, talking to people, it's always interesting to hear their favorite Bond. Like mm-hmm. Big Red told me, I think... I think she said her favorite's Roger Moore. I can see that. And I was surprised by that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Roger Moore, really. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. Um, I can dig it. I mean, like, his he has the most, and some of them are wildly awful, and some are really great. Yeah. They vary a lot. You know, um, I, I just wish, I, like, I liked more of the Craigs. That they've gone, they've only yeah. gone worse it's and like, worse and worse. It's like good, bad, good, bad. I've, so I've, that means we're, in, we're due for a good one. Yeah. I'm on record for saying that I think that Spectre is one of the worst Bond films. Um, Maybe hmm. only because I love Casino Royale so much. Yeah, like it, I think it's unfair to compare those two movies. Yeah. But then again... It, it like, squanders every bit of the goodwill from Casino Royale. Like you said about Roger Moore, like he's got good ones and he's got bad ones. And Craig is batting 500. Yeah. Which is not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Maybe like, he has, if he has one more to go, maybe it'll be great. Yeah, like I I found um, Quantum of Solace to be like a pretty piss poor Bond movie. I actually like Quantum of Solace. Really? Except for um, Gamma Arterton, which is just a shame. Who that? She's the oh. love interest who is in it for five minutes just to bang Bond and die. Oh, Strawberry Fields. Yeah, like really, like that was the most insulting fucking thing you could poor do. Poor man's. Um... Yeah, poor man's Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Oh, Gibbon Arterton? Yeah. No, who's the other one who looks just like her, the redhead? Shit, I'll think about it later. Okay. But no, like, I think that, I think Gibbon Arterton is a good actress, and boy, they waste her on that movie. I like the villain. Yeah, Matthew. He's kind of, like, he's kind of creepy in, like, yeah. that perfect way, and he's got, like, the, he's got some really great lines. Yeah. I think they wanted to, they wanted to do something different. Like along the lines of Casino Royale, mm-hmm. but they but they beefed it. They tried. To, I think they played it too safe, honestly. Yeah. And I think that 
I, I really, if if they had just gotten rid of Gamma Arjun, I think it would be a pretty good movie. Actually, mm-hmm. a very interesting Bond film. But yeah. they they don't pull it off. But they try, and I appreciate it. But they really deeply insulted me by this is the new Bond where we have actresses like Eva Green be amazing characters, and then you throw in a girl just so he fucks her and kills her right away. It's it's so. Yeah. Boring. Yep. Like I I I was furious. I wanted to walk out of the theater. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, well. Mm. And then followed by Skyfall, which yeah. is pretty awesome. I think Skyfall is two-thirds of a great movie. I don't care for that last act. The third act, no? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. what you don't what you do not do is go into Bond's backstory. Okay. Like, like, who the fuck is that old guy? Why should yeah. I suddenly care? He's Wait. the caretaker of the Bond estate. You know, we, we don't need to demystify. The, all the Bond backstory we needed was in Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. That's all we needed. So I don't give a shit about his old ancestral home and his creaky ass caretaker who is all of a sudden like comic relief. Boring. Like I would have liked uh, like any other climax with that one. Would you have liked it better or would it have pulled you out if it was Connery playing that character? Would have pulled me pretty way out. Okay. Unless if they're doing something like crazy, like that fan theory, which mm-hmm. I've always liked honestly, that James Bond is a name given to new 007s. Okay, yeah, it's a, you're, yeah. Yeah, which is cool. I like that theory, too. But it doesn't really work. Yeah, they kind of. They've, they've debunked that. They've debunked that with uh, Spectre and Skyfall, so. Yeah, I you know, being, being his name. And also, uh, what's it called? The fact that, what is it, in Living Daylights? Well, no, uh, Moore visits the grave of Tracy Bond or something like that. Okay. Something like that. Whatever. Might be Dalton. In Living Daylights. Maybe. I haven't seen Living Daylights in quite some time. Oh, well. We'll get to it. We'll get there. Mm. Ryan, I saw uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's 2016 film, Endless Poetry. Ryan, what have I told you about Alejandro Jodorowsky, and do you know anything about him? Nope. Okay. Alejandro Jodorowsky, I mentioned to you last night at the movie theater, basically El Topo was the first midnight movie Mm -hmm. that it is... Imagine if you took a western, like a spaghetti western, and did a lot of acid. It's called an acid western. Okay. It's weird. Like weird, weird. Yes. You don't even understand how weird it is. It's not weird like it's the craziest thing you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It's just like looking at a western upside down and backwards. Yes. It's like, this is a western. I know what I'm looking at. I know what these scenes are. But this is very, very different disconcerting almost but it's cool and Ellis Poetry was his last movie it's an autobiographical film with all of his crazy Jodorowsky shit like so many dwarves just hanging around mm-hmm. a lot of male nudity a lot of female nudity a character who his mom always sings yes. and his mom also plays his lover it's weird yes. but it's it's so it's completely surreal and it's pretty awesome it's very moving it's like it's like knowing that a crazy a director known for his bizarre mommy issue strange violent absurd horror comedy films decided to tell his life story about growing up mm-hmm. and it's awesome All I right. was very very pleasantly surprised I pulled up to the theater being like I'm gonna go watch Tully and then um, some friends were just like oh you're here to see the Jodorowsky movie I'm like what alright well now what I'm doing I'll now. take it um, I recommend checking it out guys Check out some of Jodorowsky's stuff if you don't know him. He's he's prime sex and violence material. I mean, El Topo is his western. Holy Mountain is like this. I don't even know what that is. 
and I saw Santa Sangre, which is basically Psycho with pants. Okay. It's pretty wild. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's so check it out. Uh, comic talk? Yeah. Is this still, um, The Boys Are Back in Town, but we're not, we're not talking to them? Uh, Boys Are Back in Town, and first break, because you read another comic that I had yeah. given to you. I think it's still The Boys Are Back in Town, it's still under, yeah. filed under Ryan Gives Me Comics. Yeah, we'll file it under that. I like The Boys Are Back in Town. Let's hear it from the boat now. Boys are back in town! Yeah. Boys! <laughs> so, so, you read Brad Pack. I read Brad Pack! Yeah? A thing I'd never heard of, and I don't know who to blame. Someone's fault. Someone yeah, fucked up. Someone didn't recommend it to you in your early 20s at your local comic book shop. Yeah. Some, someone betrayed me, Ryan. Because apparently this... Listeners, I want to know how many of you know what Brat Pack is. Um, but apparently it is the trifecta of Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, and this one were the mid were the mid to late 80s complete reimaginings of what comics could be. Mm-hmm. I never even fucking heard of the thing. It's kind of yeah. wild. And this is the Amer- American... Even though Frank Miller is also American. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's like the American Watchmen. Yeah. But, Ryan, explain to the lovely people, what is Brat Pack? It is kind of a, a tearing down of the, like, some of the main superheroes, like, mostly DC, but there's, I think, the um, the white supremacist one is more of, like, a Captain America reference. Mm, Judge Jury. Judge Jury, Rick, yeah. Rick Veitch is the artist and writer. Yes. Um, it's kind of a, uh, like, 80s commentary on, like, 80s consumerism, mm-hmm. in addition to that. And it's it deals with how these four superheroes treat their new wards. Yes. And how they just ruin them. Mm-hmm. It's really weird and really all over the place, but it's um yeah. And it's it kinda has like a weird like cyclical nature to it where mm-hmm. it ends the same way it began. It's a surprisingly contained story. Yeah. And like like I feel like me you're used to reading more serialized stuff. Or this one's a lot shorter even than either Dark Knight Returns or mm-hmm. um, Watchmen. So it, I, I was halfway through it, and I'm like, I'm already halfway through. And it what? takes place in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Slumberg, Pennsylvania, or Slumberg. Yeah. It might be Slumberg. <coughs> I, I could be wrong. I just know it's Pennsylvania, and I was like, yay, represent. But I'm all, I, I, this is my first time. Never heard of it, and I found it fascinating. Like, yeah. Like, if I. I would pick this for, like, uh, if you were asking me to curate an art exhibit where all the paintings were just sequential art panels of a comic, Mm -hmm. I might go something like this. Because, one, the art is outstanding. Two, it's all the same guy, writer and artist, like Frank Miller, I guess. But it's so... All pencil and shading. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's Like, the art kind of reminds you of, like, gross Mad Magazine kind of Mm -hmm. art from back in the day. But it's so... There's a lot more depth to it than you'd expect. It reminded me a little bit of Planetary. Okay. But, like, in a completely different way. If you were, like, satirizing, you know... Instead of satirizing pulp heroes and the coming of uh, the comic books, it's more about, like... Apparently, like, his main influence was the murder of Jason Todd. About how, like, like, I think yeah. Rick... Rick v- Vitch? 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 Ricky That's B. Better. Ricky V. Ricky V was inspired by that whole thing. He's like, really? We're calling in to see if we're going to kill fucking Robin? All right. And he made this thing. And we're like, what's... Uh, Midnight Mink and Chippy. Yes. Judge, Jury, and 
Kid Justice? I think you're right. I don't remember all the names of them because it's it's been a while since I've read Kid it. Kid so. Vicious. Kid Vi- No, I thought Kid Vicious was with the uh, the Green Arrow. No, that's King Rad and Wild Boy. Oh, okay. And then his Moon Mistress. Oh, that's so funny. I have to give that to the the one bartender whose nickname is Wild Child. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, I, I almost don't even know. I figure like we could do an entire episode talking about this comic because it's. I almost don't even know what I just saw. Yeah, it's, it's so it's shockingly tight. Like you said, it's cyclical and it begins in almost the same way it began, but it's so much. I'm so happy you liked it. Yeah, no, I like it. Does this really cool thing. Um, throughout most of the, la- I mean, it's the entire thing. But I didn't realize I was doing it. Mm-hmm. The later on in the chapters, every spread every two pages spread is basically top left corner one superhero talking to his ward his or her ward next at each quadrant is a different hero talking to their ward and about their influences and how they torture and manipulate them that's it's cool it's a cool thing stick with me kid i got lots of comics like that you never yeah. heard of yeah sweet all right cool um next week more the boys well, yeah, more of the boys. We'll be more back the boys. with the And listeners, boys. if you have any recommendations for us about comics that we should be checking out, yeah. um, I gave Ryan Volume 1 of Blade of the Immortal, and we'll never really get to that. I think we're getting that in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, and I also gave you Transmetropolitan. Yeah, I'm going to get on that. Which is pretty fun. I'm with the name Spider Jerusalem. Yeah. How do you get yeah. Um, Ryan, what are we doing next week? Um, We are not sure what we're doing next week. Yeah. It's uh, to be determined. I mean, you might hear us with a guest. Mm-hmm. It might be a palate cleanser. Yeah, or it might be a Migrody Valentine. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, after that, um, I, I think we'll have a better idea of uh-huh. what we're doing in like two weeks. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. It's, it's my sex pick, your violence pick. Oh, oh, yeah, we're back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Circling back around. Yeah. That's so many good sex picks. Do you really? That one's always a little more difficult for me. Um, violence picks are so yeah. easy. We did see we were gonna do magic Mike as a cause of palate cleanser. All right, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll we don't we no coin flip today. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, yeah, no thoughts. We yeah. we we suck at we, fighting we, we sometimes. We sat through this great movie and it was really it was a heavy one. Yeah. Lot lot of dwelling thoughts. Yeah. Man, what a great movie. Great. Ryan Plug. Uh, you can find me every Friday and Saturday night on, uh, or at the bookstore speakeasy, 336 Adam Street. Uh, I'll be there slinging gin and Dorsen Sin. So yeah. come in, say hi, get a drink from me, and, uh, we'll talk sexy, violent movies or comic books. I'm all about that. You can also find me on the Instagram at Tango Light Cash for mm. pictures of cocktails, uh, funny things, my cat, maybe movie bullshit. Who knows? And your big thing Monday? Oh, yes. Monday the 14th, I will be at Plenty Cafe in Philadelphia. Uh, I will be competing for the Copper and Kings uh, Philadelphia semifinals. Yeah. Uh, should I win semifinals, I go to finals for competing in Kentucky. Do it, Ryan. But we'll see. Should be some fun times. So yeah. I'll... Show up and show Ryan some support. Yeah. Support me. And then drink Copper and Kings because... It's tasty. It's tasty. I dig it. And I'm plugging them, so mm-hmm. do it. They should give us money to plug them. Yeah, well. All right. Anyway, um, for me, listeners, please listen to the other Top Gallant radio show. For now, it is Slow Readers, a fast-paced literature podcast where Daniel, William, Michael, and I discuss books and nothing. Mostly nothing, but also books sometimes. Yeah. We have a slew of fun guests coming up, so I'm excited about that. Righteous. 
Yeah, we'll be bringing in good old Ibrahim. It's going to be exciting. And our other friend of the show, Ethan Parkinson, is going to be great. Oh, we should get Ethan on here. I love Ethan. He's one of my... so go gay for that guy. He's one of my favorite bartenders. Yeah, he's just a sweet man. He's very sweet. Yeah. Good bartender. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Anyways, um, follow us on Instagram at sexandviolencepod. Write into us at sexandviolencepod at gmail.com. Um, besides that, that about it. Cool. See you next week, Bye, guys. guys. Stay sexy and violent. Don't do hell. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasts and content, go to topcountradio.com 